Pit Digging Dexter Podcast with Victor. And uh, Marissa. Mikhail. I'm Victor Miguel. And I'm Marissa Mikhail. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> and today we are here to discuss Season 3, Episode 4 of Dexter, the Showtime hit series, All in the Family. Yes. Give me some primer. Okay. <laughs> Coming out fire. Swinging. Coming out swinging. Faster, faster. So, Dex- so the episode starts... Okay, then you just go. No, no, go, go, go. Dexter and Reed's proposal, um, I feel like they don't really know each other, mm-hmm. you know, not really knowing what they want. Um, Miguel and Dexter being totally best friends now. Yeah. Weird. And how loud is Deb's ringtone? How? Her buzz, her vibrator. Her whatever. Her yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's like, mm, yeah. Mm, I've never, yeah. <laughs> never in my life have I heard anything that loud. Um, so to recap this episode, All in the Family, um, this is the episode where Dexter proposes to Rita. Uh, Dexter sort of turns Ramon on the whole Freebo case. And the kill of the week sort of is how Dexter gets his uh, proposal because this woman was batshit crazy and faked an entire relationship with a man, right? Who was cheating on his wife? Yeah. Right. To go back a little bit, last week we we were having a discussion regarding Miguel wearing a suit. Okay. Like, what time period is this? Yeah. Uh, currently at October 28th at 7 o'clock, we are in a cold front. It's freezing out. State of emergency. Yeah. It's a brisk 71 degrees. I think so. Let me uh, get my weather wrap here. I've been wearing flannels and long sleeves it's all day. It's 74 degrees. And it's freezing. Like, you can't go outside. It's It's hell out here. But in reality, this season three, um, that episode we were talking about how you can't wear a suit outside regardless and all that. So our friend Zach had sent us a timeline and that episode took place between September 19th and 21st, 2008. So that's the middle of September. Which super is hot. J- super hot. Like the worst. Yeah. Um, so I guess I will go back on my thing where because uh, Colton had also said it and he's like I had a a boss or something a, a superior who always wore a suit mm-hmm. and Houston is just as freaking hot as yeah. it is down here just as humid um, and you know I, I go on funerals and I you know whatever uh, they should have shown him sweating more <sighs> he's gonna wear that uh, and even this episode because this episode takes place between September twenty second and September twenty fifth yeah. Um, you know, that was a month ago, literally. And it's hot. So it's hot. It's hot down here. Um, so if you want to get into this episode. Let's jump in. Uh, episode starts out with role playing of sorts. And like literally, um, what's the two of them? Them names. Astro and Cody? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like literally playing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got to lower this. The sort of the idea of like. The entire episode was like role playing, right? Because Dexter is like casting everyone in these roles, you know. Sure. Um, Dexter, the way Dexter tells Aster and Cody that Rita's pregnant, yeah. Um, 
I think it's a funny perspective with this because Rita's clearly done this twice. She, you know, she is comfortable as a mother and comfortable as a parent. And it's funny seeing Dexter's like fresh new eyes, fresh take on everything. You know, it's very different, you know? Yeah. Are you with me? And like, how would Aster know? So they tell him, you know, Dexter's like, we're having a baby. Yeah. And Aster's like, but you're not married. Yeah. How would she like know like that's a thing at that age? Not that she wouldn't know, but like that's the response to her parents. Right. Maybe just from like shows like you see. She's oddly upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe from shows or maybe even like, and this is kind of reaching, but maybe like Rita talking to family members on the phone about not being married or something like you don't, you know, you don't know Mm -hmm. what they could hear or what they could pick up. My nephew told us how ants carry food on their back to their house today. It came he's out of four. nowhere, right? He's four, so. Um, the way Dexter's proposal, this is the first time he proposes. Yeah. I, I believe this follows the pretty standard f- media, or I'll say TV and film cliche, where the third time's the charm. Sure. Like you fail. You try once, try twice. Third time is, is always how it works. Um, so this being the first of his proposals, the way he's like, so should we? Yeah. Like where he totally just realized like, oh my God, I could drive you to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it like feels. Um, I'll edit this out. Isn't this how your father proposed to your mother? Yeah. <laughs> you don't edit it out. I know. I just, um, I, just I realized. My I, mom and dad have are divorced, which right. that's good. Like no, no, we're not sad about any of that. But my mom told me she was 21. I guess my dad was like 23, 24. And all of their friends were getting married at that age, which is like insane to think about. And um, my dad like looked at my mom one day and was like, hey, so everyone else is doing it. Should we get married? And they like went to a jewelry store together. And that's... Here's... That's funny. Uh, I'm going to try and circulate like four thoughts I have at once. One... Uh, I think it's funny how everyone has their own unique proposal story. Yeah. If you are married, yeah. you have, everyone has their own. No one has just like a, yeah, he proposed to me and that's it. Like everyone yeah. has their own, you know. Uh, I imagine how many people your mother's and father's age almost has that same kind of yeah, story. Yeah, well, one of my coworkers, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, actually. Whoa, maybe maybe whoa, I did, whoa, actually. Whoa, whoa. Uh, one of my coworkers said that she was dating her husband, and they were. this was kind of a little bit later in life, but she was dating her husband for like five or six years. She was maybe like in her 30s or 40s, and um, they spoke about it, but nothing really serious, and then he just said like, hey, like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's get married. Were they dating? Maybe like five or six years, but she was kind of stern and she was, this was a second marriage for her. So she like, didn't really want to like, how old were they? Thirties or forties. I just said, okay, sorry. I wasn't. <laughs> um, listening. so she, she said that, um, she didn't really want to like live with anyone else until she was married. She didn't want to like, so like they were like dating separately for like a long time and this and that, but he just said like, Hey, let's get married. Yeah. And, um, they went to the jewelry store together and like, picked, yeah. you know, and well, it's interesting here. There's no engagement ring. I know we're getting to the end of the episode. Um, It's like a verbal thing. Um, I just, I bet a lot of people have great stories regarding engagement. Um, I think we have a great story, but I think it's also one of those things where it's like, your kid's the cutest. Oh, definitely. No matter what. You know what is very cool though? And sorry if we're super cheesy because we're just excited that we're engaged. (laughs) But it's really cool when people find out that you got engaged 
because I feel like for that split second that they're congratulating you, it kind of brings them back to that moment that moment for them and like planning their wedding and i must have heard like from so many people of just like oh my god like planning my wedding and being engaged was like just like such a good like fun happy time and i think that's cool like that like for the rest of our lives like we will always kind of remember like this time which i think is cool well we've said it from the start that podcast is super awesomely selfish for us because it's sort of like a time capsule um but what's funny is, and I, I was saying last episode, our friend Paul in Jersey, and he, you know, he he's been, a, but he seems to like be somewhat far behind on the podcast. Um, so because like just about two weeks ago, he was like, "Hey, congratulations on the engagement." <laughs> so what happens is people who, you know, there, there's listeners who will never hear from that love the podcast or yeah. hate the podcast, but they'll never write or reach out. Um, but the people who do will be like, hey, just started listening. It's so great. How the common response to the podcast is, hey, I think Dexter's a socio slack. Remember? Because we were like, we're going to talk about yeah. every episode. It's yeah. been two seasons. Yeah. We've dropped that just like Dexter's drug addiction. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, oh my God, you guys got engaged. How cute. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, you know, um, let's land this plane back into the episode. Um I love Dexter genuinely not knowing why this was a bad idea. Yeah. Like a little kid. I feel like he's thinking out loud. Sure. You absolutely. Know? And um and I feel like he genuinely didn't even think about marriage because really just last episode is kind of when he fully committed to Rita that yeah, he wants to be a parent. You know, so now it's like he didn't even think about marriage yet in my opinion. Uh, uh the reason why I'm with you like What's funny is I didn't even think about him not thinking about marriage. The way I took it was like, in his head, it totally makes sense. And I get it making sense in his head. Like, he doesn't see the marriage part. He just sees like, what would be the difference? Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, a, it's a, which is a very nearsighted, common thing I tend to say men say. Right. Where they're just like, we've been living together for so long. What's the difference? Right. Anyway, um, but Dexter, you know, emotionally being like a seventeen or eighteen yeah. year old, just like, sh- I mean, I, I think, I think you said it the the best way because it's like, should we? I kind <laughs> of think that um, both of them in this entire episode, both of their ideas on marriage are very like almost extreme. Like Dexter is kind of like extreme naive man. And Rita is almost like extreme naive woman. Like, unless you can't imagine a day without me, you bet. Like, you know, like, unless and it's just like both like there's like that common ground in the middle, you know, that's like the actual idea. Um, And and I get, you know, Rita puts up all the reasons why. She doesn't want to be married. I'm sort of moving to the the barbecue now. Sure. She puts up all these reasons why they shouldn't. And I mean, I, I again, this is like the second time I'm bringing up the end while still talking about it here. But she basically gets swooped up in wor- sweet words. <laughs> what do you mean? Like she the, the reason she she gets proposed. I'm saying here she brings up the most valid reasons and something like I've almost never heard anywhere else. The idea of being a father and a husband are two completely different things. Right. Um. But in the end, she just completely just gets swooped up by sweet words from Dexter. Yeah. And while um, I am not married yet and we do not have children yet, so I can't totally vouch on that. I think that you want to find a spouse or a partner that would be a good parent. 
or maybe that's just something that I would that I right. you know I everyone I guess has their own kind of things that they're looking for but you would just think that being a good parent would be like a good partner to have right you know but um I don't know to each their own yeah um at Miguel's barbecue this is where we see the Ramon. pork in the background <laughs> yes um Yes, they. Someone looked with the set design, and they said, "We need something less subtle than a Cuban flag. We need." They literally have like a roasting full pig in the back of their house, which, like, that's not like I mean, people do that, you know. But it. it's very common for Cuban, especially around Christmas. Yeah, but it's just funny that this is just like a little barbecue get together, and they have that back, yeah, you know, in yeah. the background. Um, you know, basically, what we see this episode is Ramon is sort of a hothead. He's not okay with the way. Freebo's not being found, um, and it's sort of like the 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 B plot, or I don't know, even A plot to the whole Freebo story that's mm-hmm. going on with Dexter. Um, you know, you mentioning how Cuban this barbecue was, yeah. or how overtly Cuban they made it. Um, what do you think Jimmy Smith's is? And if this is racist, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Like how you do that? Stuff. I I don't know. I I can't tell the difference. And he's playing a Cuban. Yeah, but I like you. You we've had this conversation before of like what Hispanic country are they from? And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, his mother, the real Jimmy Smith, his mother is Puerto Rican. Okay, and his father is Surinamese, okay. which is a country near outside of Venezuela. Okay. So what is him? I what is him? What is he? No idea. He's Porta Cernamese. He's gotcha. He's a mix. You know, he's, nice. a, he's a mix like like I am. Um, yeah, because I I always wondered just what is he? You know, <laughs> I I honestly I guess it's skin. T- I'm not even. Gonna, why am I going to yeah, go down yeah, this road? Let's not do that. <laughs> um, Dexter knows how to play Ramon and Miguel, like and play in that role. You know, we sort of like the idea. He's like asked I that. Aster is playing the role of. Yeah. Do you remember what he says exactly? Um, it's basically just Dexter making observations on everyone. Right. <laughs> and he's right. Just like, this is the role of yeah. the jester and yeah. whatever. Um, and it's kind of funny because Dexter is pretty much at like a family dinner or a family function of Miguel's. And it's like, let's face it, there's always crazy shit that happens at like a family dinner or like, you know what I mean? So yeah. Dexter totally, like, that's like perfect ammunition of just sitting back and watching and being like, oh, look at this one. This one's crazy. This one drinks a little too much. This one gets a little too angry, you know? I mean, he does it expertly this episode. Yeah. It's almost like that episode last season where he writes the manifest and yeah. everyone, like, yeah. he just hits stuff perfect and he gets exactly what he wants you know um t- to go to the other plot in this episode um his day job blood spatter analyst we see a man who was bludgeoned to death um and i you know the same way you know we go back to dexter thinking and how he goes about his life his work his day he sees the woman just hysteric you know yeah shocked a ghost of herself and yeah she's like and dexter just looks at her and he's like that's true love yeah <laughs> like you know it's just totally like uh, um uh, and this is where Deb's butt starts ringing. <laughs> you know what's funny? Her ringtone, it actually might be the audible version of... Mm, mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Her ringtone. Like you record it and that's what it is. Like yeah. It's not on vibrate. It's actually on audio. Her ringtone gave me so much anxiety. I had to keep checking like that my phone was like on silent. Like it was just <laughs> way too much. Um, and this is where it starts, and I don't know if you've picked it up already, because I'm, I'm thinking back to last season, and it wasn't this bad, 
but the way they portray cell phones, ignore, except, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. delete, yeah. Yuki, where yeah. are you, you know? Um, the cell phone use in this, and it, you know what's funny? It never gets better. It's yeah. terrible. And they have all this money. God knows how much Michael C. Hall makes per episode. Right. All the, you know, and they can, and they can never improve, you know? Um so the woman we see Fiona is going over how heartbroken she is um and I completely believe her the entire I actually always forget that <laughs> she's actually crazy yeah. you know to, to the idea where she killed him yeah um this is like um I wrote I I when we were watching it it made me think of the whole Jodi Arias case do you remember that no and so me. um because I became obsessed with Casey Anthony because you are. So then I went um, right after Casey Anthony was like the Jody Arias case. And to make a long story short, it was a girl that dated this guy, but like maybe, maybe just within a couple months. And it was like a few dates here and there. I don't even think that they were ever like officially exclusive to each other. I believe he was like dating other people and whatever. Right. And um, she killed him in the bathroom and in, in his own bathroom. And she like, it was like, you know, she drove like three hours to his house cause he moved and she killed him. And then she drove back to her house and she like made all these phone calls to him, like pretending as if like, Hey, you haven't been answering the phone. I hope everything's okay. Where yeah. are you? Like totally trying to cover it up. But when the police were questioning his friends, they all said like, oh my God, this girl Jody's like nuts and obsessed with him and he didn't really want to date her, but he was like just a nice guy and couldn't get rid of her. And that's kind of what reminded me of her is that just what, this crazy... Do you have an idea of any what time, what year that was around? Oof, uh, no. Um, maybe four years ago, five years ago, six years ago. Really? Yeah. Jody Arias. Huh. I'm going to Google that really quick. Yeah. Um, only because... It was interesting. They made a Lifetime movie of it. It was good. <laughs> um, only because... Oh, my God. The first thing that pops up is Jody Arias' bikini. On June 4, 2008 is when it happened. Oh, okay. No, but the reason why I, I, I ask is because... That's crazy. Because uh, the writer, um, Scott Reynolds, who was doing the Dexter podcast, he would frequently say, like, they would basically go on Google News, type oh. death... And they would transform it to fit the Dexter storyline. Sure. But June 4, 2008, that's when it happened, which means the details like you're talking about yeah. don't get out till probably this episode aired. Right. Um, seems like a huge coincidence, yeah. you know? Um, so that's interesting, though. It's, yeah, yeah, very much, you know, the same. Um, did they say that this guy was married? Who she killed or no? No, that's I don't believe so. insane house for a single guy to live in by himself. Yeah. It has like that, 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 you see that staircase? <laughs> it's just insane, you know. Yeah. Usually, a guy has like a a, a, a condo or whatever sure. just for himself. Yeah, you know? I could have swore they said he was engaged and sort of like she was like the side piece. Well, they said that. Well, yeah. Then why did she go so crazy? I they think said so. that. Well, they said that she kept calling him her fiance. Right. She was saying that she was engaged to him. But I think that that was all a lie. But mm. I I don't believe he had a girlfriend or anyone else. I think yeah. that. She was just lying and saying she was engaged to him. That's how I took it. Uh, the other tentacle of this Fiona killing here um, is basically we see like Quinn sort of play Deb, yeah, so to speak. Um, so like Quinn becomes sort of like this witness whisperer, like you know, because right. like she's freaking out on everyone, and Quinn is the one who gets her to calm down. Um, 
is it simply just like she needed someone just to like not be so aggressive or is it like is it because Quinn's good looking that she got her to so, calm down so I was gonna say and this this you know I don't want this to come off any other way but sometimes like women aren't the nicest to other women sure. and it could be like something like that too yeah. Um. And then also, kind of like on Deb's aspect of it, I feel like maybe Deb could sense more of her bullshit. Yeah. Than maybe a guy could. Yeah. You know, like um, like you and I have had conversations, and I was like, no, she's totally lying and just being like a mean person, like you know yeah, about like yeah, gr- yeah. about like women, you know. Yeah. Um, I've totally sensed it, and you're like, oh my god, like you yeah. know. Um, so it could have been a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. yeah, and also if this woman or whatever is kind of like a little cuckoo. Um, then maybe she, you know, she's more comfortable, like kind of playing a role to yeah. men yeah. because she can get away with it more. Um, do you, I get this at my job, meaning sometimes I'm with someone and we're just not vibing. Yeah. But my coworker could come in and yeah. look like God's greatest gift and vice versa. I'll yeah. come in and, you know, um, do you ever have this at your work? Like a you just, you can just see it. A thousand million percent. Yeah. A thousand million percent. So yeah. it's not a hundred. No. there will be i'm a hairstylist there will be people that will come in for the simplest haircuts and if you're busy and you know especially in my salon um you know we it's it's a pretty busy salon we i don't rent a chair so you know i'll say listen i'm a little busy but if you want please feel free to go to my coworker. like if you need a haircut you need a haircut because there's no bad blood whatever and people will get like offended that you like even suggest for them to go to someone else and like I'm not even kidding like most likely they will either complain or not be satisfied with the haircut yeah, or yeah. and it's literally just because like you were busy you know <laughs> yeah yeah there's also really fast there's also a man that works in my salon and if he tells a woman like she could be die hard that she wants highlights and he'd be like oh no 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 you shouldn't do highlights she'd be like okay you're right like believes <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything a man says yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know um Later at the station, we get a really quick random moment where Batista's like super dramatic. Are you like, are you, yeah. why are you like, because when he's like so dramatic, yeah, hey, it's it's hard being a woman sometimes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get back to that because we'll see why out of random thin air that that little nugget gets dropped. Um, Rita at work and Aster, do you hear a conversation when she's talking on the phone with Aster? Like, she's still hammering home this whole, I know we're not married, but this and that, yeah. I don't know how old Astra is here. She's got to be around 10. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Probably a little bit older. No 10-year-old is hammering that home, you know? Yeah. Like, Mom, you can't have a baby. You guys aren't met. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I'm more more about Astra being like, are we getting a puppy? Right, right. Or am I not going to be the middle? Of course, I, you know, whatever. Um, So to stay on sort of work-related issues, we see this honeymoon couple is complaining about the sunset, bedrooms. Um, could you imagine being with someone that was like this woman? Because you can even tell, like, there are people that are like that, sure, and they're with other people like that. But you could tell, like, the husband was like, "Well, I'm not sure if the brochure exactly," and she's like, "No, it said it." I mean, they're on their honeymoon, so he knows. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you just sort of let that go to that, like. He has to be okay with it, obviously. But it has to be so embarrassing. Oh my, uh, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the worst. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't. I um, couldn't imagine. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you know, we sitting here talking about how sort of jumping in for, if you could see, you know, you could tell that woman, oh, you don't want highlights. 
and she'll be like, no, I want him. But the male yeah. says, I want high right. Um, the way this scene plays out, that manager is just sitting there watching it. Yeah, I and know. And waits for Rita to be like, hey, listen here, bitch. Yeah. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Um, not knowing how pregnancy and workplace stuff works. If so, she gets fired, mm-hmm. which way too heavy handed. Yeah, but but the man and I agree with you. But the manager did say like, yeah, you've been late off. Yeah, so this was it wasn't just this incident. If, but if Rita responds, I'm pregnant. Can she still fire Rita? I mean, I believe so. I don't know. I just I, I'm, I'm asking yeah, like, the idea so. of like, what if she was like, hey, I'm pregnant. The second she found out, and she told work. Could she still get fired? I I think if Rita said I'm pregnant and then she got fired shortly after, it might it might go through or whatever, but I think that right. Rita would have more of a case mm-hmm. of like, did you fire me because of my work performance or did you fire me because I'm right, pregnant, right. you know? But the fact that Rita didn't tell her job, you know, and also especially if there's like work rep- like documents showing that she was late, this, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Then yeah. she's kind of, yeah, you know? Um, I just think it was a little. I think it was a little heavy-handed. I know we said it already. Uh, Dexter and Rita at the toilet, and I feel like this is the first time in the show they've had a realistic adult conversation for sure. Whereas, like, listen, you could come under my insurance, yeah. you get great benefits, great tax write-offs, and all this, yeah. Um, and, and taking the children to account in a realistic way, not. I like kids. I know. They're cute. They're cute. Yeah. And they're fun to play with. Yeah. And, well, you know, uh, I feel like he's actually looking at it like the way a, a, yeah. a, a father, not even a husband here, but a father would. You but know? you have to also think too that if that if when Aster brought it up was kind of the first time that he really thought about it, he's probably been thinking about it yeah. since then. Yeah. And yeah. now it's kind of like, oh yeah, it really does all make sense. <laughs> right, like, right. you know. And again, it's just funny because he... He now has a better grasp on it. For sure. And this time it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this time it makes Rita like, you know. Yeah. I mean, not really because she just has that, that right. sickness, you know. Um, La Guerta comes to Miguel's um, to sort of review this Chicky Hines case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember and hopefully I could have it playing here by the time we are talking about it. Um, how 90s this office feels. Oh my Do you God. remember that at all? No. It has like a lot of blue going on. I'm trying to fast. Blue is so 90s. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if you're joking or being serious. I think Peach is very... Um, oh, no. We, I want to save this here. Uh, anyway, so LaGreta basically takes this info and goes to Ellen Wolf, the other new character here. Um, thoughts on the Ellen Wolf and LaGreta sort of little team up? Um, you know, I feel as if LaGuerta definitely has these like lingering feelings for Miguel. Can I cut you off just to explain it? Because I think we sort of, I jumped all the way to a certain part. And you want to jump back? Well, no, I just want to explain what okay. we're talking about. Yeah. So basically, uh, LaGuerta goes to Ellen Wolf with the information that could get Chicky Hines sort of released from prison or exonerated from this case or whatever that he just got sentenced to. And even Ellen Wolf is just sort of like, why are you coming to me with this right. information and whatnot? Um, so your thoughts on Ellen Wolf and LaGuerta? So my opinion is that LaGuerta obviously had feelings for Miguel that, you know, were from a previous relationship that they had. And it almost was like whenever she spoke about Miguel, it was very highly. And whenever he walked into the office, it was like everything stopped. Miguel's coming in the office. And I think when she confronts him about Chicky Hines, she's truly disappointed 
And I think that she kind of almost sees Miguel in a different light. Like she's holding him up on this pedestal and sees like maybe he's not this perfect person she sees. Um, And I almost feel as if her going to um, Mrs. Wolf. I I don't know her first name. Ellen. Ellen Wolf. Okay. Um, Her going to Ellen Wolf is almost like a little petty on the weirdest part. But it's just I feel like she's just disappointed so she wants to kind of get back at Miguel almost like I feel like these are deeper feelings than just work related you know hmm. my opinion um that's something I've never taken into account watching this show uh if you see how 90s the office is very you can't really see there <laughs> um no that's that's a pretty good way of looking at it I've like never why really... else would the Gorda want to give this information that's kind of going to contradict miguel sure it's directly to, yeah, yeah to his you know um to the other attorney so you know what like why would she want to kind of set miguel up that way but i feel like she's just disappointed and now it's kind of just one of those things that yeah it's just deeper feelings there and she kind of wants to get back at him do in you, my opinion do you think they release chicky hines then do you think she ha- takes this info and goes somewhere um, with it? I would think that they do, mm-hmm. only because why would this whole thing be... Spend so much yeah. Time. Yep. So I would assume they do. Uh, a little Deb and Anton storyline before we uh, hit the break. Deb uses Anton this time for like reverse intel on Quinn. Yeah. Like she's... <laughs> Imagine where Deb would be without this Anton. Dude. Yeah. Where would her shield be? Yeah. <laughs> Her shield would be gone. I wish we did a shield count. This oh episode. my god! Because this episode they said it once, and we both looked at each other. Yeah, you know. Um, I think I asked you a few times, um, but like, did I ask you last episode an official prediction on Quinn? No, but but I have one for this episode. Listen. But we'll get there. Oh, oh, wow! So I feel as if, um, especially in this whole storyline like we could pretty much put anton on the miami metro payroll like you know <laughs> no, what i mean he is is he for real though what do you mean i thought that quinn just got him off the hook on one of his charges and that's why he owes quinn a favor i don't think that he's actually employed by the miami metro no because remember batista says you got to cut him loose that's our ci why did you arrest a ci it's a confidential informant that's not like his dude he's paid by miami metro yeah oh well yeah, whatever no, so, so how, how it worked is how we're supposed to understand it in the show is basically they uh anton got caught up in this thing and in exchange for a prison record or prison time or whatever a record he is an informant okay and he sort of gets paid okay to keep giving them like he has his ear to the street so that's why yes he he actually literally is a member okay well regardless sure why is deb talking to him about like another coworker? right you know what i mean like that would be if if someone just comes into your job and starts you know talking about your coworkers, and you're like who are you you know like to be fair she has no one else to go to because this whole ia thing you have to imagine like her the way her butt keeps buzzing it's also like hey what the fuck with quinn right Um, yeah and i get that but i just think that you also have to look at it's like this is Quinn's guy, you know, like, yeah, who, yeah. like where is, you know, I yeah. mean, but I think subconsciously Deb could sort of see, oh, look, Anton wants it. Yeah. Anton, wow. Anton wants the D, the Deb. Wow. And I, I think they could both. I mean, it's where it's heading because, you know, the way the convert like is Anton good looking. Would you say? 
Because, mm. I mean, they make it they make it at the end of the scene. They're like, I bet you wouldn't be drinking by yourself. And just two girls are just sitting there staring at him. I definitely don't think if I was a girl, I would just be staring at him. Right. But I think that he has, like, a confidence about him. And, like, the way he carries himself is, right. you know, probably what's most attractive. Right. Boy. You just want some more I think you better call Ghostbusters! Ow! Who you gonna call? And now, some family news from Dexter and Rita. Kids? Dexter and I have something we want to talk to you about. What? We're having a baby. Um, <laughs> you're gonna have a new little brother or little sister to play with. <laughs> Which one? Which one would you like? A puppy? You can have a puppy and a baby. And we're back. Yes, we are. So you said you had uh, two things during the break. Shoot, no, I didn't. Okay, wait, I have one. Oh, oh, okay. So we've been binging. Oh, good. You know what? I'm going to let you go and won't cut you off because I actually have a shout out regarding that. So we've been binging the new show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House. We've only finished uh, four episodes, so no spoilers. The fourth one really reeled me in, though. So I'm yep. dying to continue watching. So far, so good. Uh, Crystal, friend of Six Feet Under, and obviously uh, Dexter, um, she had pointed it out to me because she said she mentioned it to me because of uh, the funeral home aspect. She brought it up to me. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Is it? Mo-? She she said it doesn't center around a funeral home, mm-hmm. um, but. And she told me to to watch it, and I think sometime later that week, a few years later, we were like, "Hey, we should watch it because you yeah. had heard a lot, I yeah. had heard a lot." Um, so yeah, repeating what you said, like I totally was out on it, and then all of a sudden now, like we're hooked. Yeah, um, I I feel like I was like I was it was entertaining enough, but then for whatever reason, the fourth episode just completely got me yeah. so if you started it and you're a little on the fence like continue i was out i was yeah, you totally were out you were i was i was always entertained by it so i w- wanted to continue it it always struck my interest but the fourth episode really got me so now i'm like dying yeah um i was out by this first episode second episode um third episode was yeah but that fourth episode was really good and really yeah, good now, I almost wish we didn't have the podcast to do so we could go back and oh watch it because we would be watching it right now Definitely. if it wasn't for. Um, and just in time for Halloween too if you need something to binge. Uh, I guess we could get back into the episode. Um, Batista, we see stroll into a hotel with an assumed prostitute. Prostitute. With a toot. Toot. With a toot. <laughs> uh, I think you had a gas moment here. Gas. When she shows the badge. No. Yeah, because why would I expect that? Right, right. Also, no one noticed Batista. Like, no one, like, I, you know, like, hey, isn't so that I'm the gonna... sergeant over at, like, you know, I mean, <laughs> Hold on. I'm no gonna, one. I'm going gonna... to read my notes here, and this is exactly how I have it. Listen, I'm going to follow the code here, and I know there are different apartments, but how could Batista not know? 
not that there's a sting, but where the sting operations are held. Right. So let's remove, because a department is huge. You could right. totally work in the same place. Me and you work in small places yeah. that we know everyone. Yeah. But there are other people who work in, especially a police department, like you don't know every cop and sure. everything. But Batiste has been on that force for so long, yeah. I'm sure, you know, yeah. our friend Zach was saying he's pretty close to 20 years here right if he was all my natural regardless at least you know where the stings are yeah you know the ocean bayside motel right is out under you know whatever and um, also not for nothing like batista i mean batista is not like the best looking guy but he's like nice enough he's definitely got some dance moves we've seen sure so and it's like you can't just like go to a like you can't just go and meet someone i get it i i i imagine he's probably i mean yeah, to, to your point, to like, you know, he's got some dance moves. He probably also sounds like all he does is talk about his wife who left him. I guess. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. probably been on so many yeah. dead end dates where he's probably like, I'll just pay for it. <laughs> you know? I guess. It just seems like really. No, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Um, when she, so basically she comes in the next day and, you know, this whole, put your dick in the pants, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, is it me or this this entire Batista storyline just came out of left field? Totally. And also... It wasn't even set up. Right. And also, like, on top of all of that, like, for me to say, why can't he just, like, go out and meet someone, you know? Also, how could he, like, risk that as a sergeant? I mean, he's like, risking everything. Yeah. Now, to, to let's keep add on to the point where we are definitely not following the code. He's in Miami. Yeah. Go to Broward. Right. Go to Palm Beach. Right, right. Go to Fort Myers. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? This means he can't be that far out yeah. of his district. Right. <laughs> and to risk that your entire job. Sure. Like not only, is, and and whatever, sorry if I sound judgy, but not only is like hiring a prostitute like sleazy and like kind of gross, you're risking your entire job. Like for other people to do that. I don't think he's risking, he's risking his career. Well, yeah. But it's like for other people to do that, it's just like kind of slimy and gross. But like right. for him especially. Right. You're um, risking everything. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, do you think this cop is too hard on Batista? But No. Whole, I know, I know. The, I guess the way I'm asking it, because the, the next day you just see like what a puppy Batista is. Yeah. And you see her sort of like, I mean, you know how she she's a thousand percent right. And this is why the Bay Harbor Butcher is still in that office. Right. Because she's like, no, no, listen, don't tell me this is your first time and whatever. Yeah. And she's right because, you know. The people who get caught with drugs doing cocaine, this is my first time. Yeah. Really. Yeah, really. Right. You know? Um, she's sure. And, you know, not that Batista's a bad guy or from So What We Know, you know? Um, but this is why. Yeah. <laughs> this is why there's a Bayhara Butcher. Um, I think we could move into... Oh, uh, I think this is the first time we have a Masuka plot line. <laughs> You know, um, in your face right now means maybe we don't. What's the plot line? Uh, that why is everyone ignoring Masuka that he wants them to go to this? Oh, I think I just ignored him also. <laughs> I, I just ignored that whole thing also. If yeah. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, Masuka doesn't have an actual plot line where we have to discuss it until season eight. Because this is somewhat, they're giving him an arc here. Okay. They're finally mentioning like... You're a creep, and yeah. you're, you're just vile, right? And no one takes, and that's why no one right. takes you serious. I mean, it also adds to one of Dexter's, you know, um, um, you know, everyone plays a role in Masuka's court jester. Um, this does come back in a, in a whatever way. 
But honestly, for the next five seasons, five seasons, Masuka has zero plot yeah. line. And when he doesn't, I can't wait till season eight. And when the what the end result of his plot line is, um, it's so bad. Yeah. Um, I think we could go to the Dexter and Miguel Ramon. Let's do it. Dexter gets some tacos at Tequila Jack's. If you remember, that's where we ate. Yeah. Shoreline Village. Um, I love that first meeting when he, you know, he knows. Dexter's thing is Miguel desperately wants to tell Ramon about Freebo that they, Dexter killed him. Dexter knows he can't let anyone else have know this. So his idea is to make Ramon, who's already a little crazy off yeah. his rocker, to make him more unstable. Uh, so... The first time Dexter meets up with him at, at this Tequila Jacks, I love how perfectly he threads in. I'll keep the secret between the three of us. Yeah, like you know, just that entire conversation. The way he just like you know, he comments on his drinking. He tells Ramon that Miguel's worried about him. Yeah, uh, it's just a perfect teetering the line of pressing Ramon's buttons and like not getting like his lights punched out. Sure, you know. Um, His lights punched out. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't heard that you know, in funny? so long, we though. Have a, we have a joke with my friends that he was purposely antagonizing one of his friends, and his dad commented on Facebook, "Listen here before I punch your lights out." That so is now all we so say, funny. Like, anytime like we say like we're gonna fight each other, whatever. He's like, "Don't make me punch your lights out." That's really and funny. Just, just going to like yeah. reflex here. Um, if you're just going back to it of how complex Dex's plan is, like to. He's going to intentionally, like, nag Ramon so that can show Miguel how unstable it is to tell Ramon yeah. that Freebo is... Right. That he didn't kill Freebo. Um, and I think the perfect stamp on all of it was Dexter saying, tell Carlos, I said, howdy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the same way no one says punch your lights out anymore, yeah. no one says howdy. Definitely not. I feel like Dexter looked up White people love saying blank. I yeah. like just used it. By the way, my favorite white people love is white. No, white people love saying what's the damage when the check comes. Oh my God. I could read these all day. Um, anything on the way Dexter, at least this first time, the way he sort of no pokes Ramon with a stick, so to say. Nothing? No. Uh, it's interesting how now Miguel, I'm sorry, Dexter calls Miguel over. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've just become best friends this, well, this episode. Well, I mean, I had in my notes because I guess I was typing as the episode went on. It's like, do you think Dexter actually called him over for advice on proposal or actually it's about Ramon? I think it was probably he called him for Ramon and then it was just like, hey, yeah. my, let's ask Miguel. He's married. Sure, you sure. know, Yeah. Um... Do you? Th- oh, God, I'm reading my own notes here, so let's see how this goes. Think it's plausible how Dex can view Ramon as unstable, but Dexter sees it clearly. Oh yeah, like how could Dexter see how explosive and unstable Ramon is, but Miguel can't? And I understand maybe it's a sort of thing like it's your sibling, but if you realize what we're talking about here, like we are now talking about something that could put the three of them in jail. For sure. Um, I think that the way that you have to look at it is just, yeah, that it's like your sibling and you don't, you know, you're kind of... You just of, have that filter. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's mm-hmm. just how I see it. Um, you know, sometimes I talk about this show and I I kind of want to drop the voiceover sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes I really... Right? 
how good would it have been? Because we see this Ramon just come bumbling into Miami Metro, and yeah. he's like, "That motherfucker, we have an anonymous tip, and you guys aren't following that. Yeah. Free, someone saw Freebo in Miami last week, and it's like, oh, hold on. And then Dexter drops the line, oh, did I forget to leave my name? Yeah. So you know it was him. Yeah. How cool, well, how much better, a little bit more ominous it would have been if Dexter never says that. And the way we get the reveal is that really funny scene later in the episode yeah. when he's like, hey, man, it's there. It's our <laughs> Like, that would have been real, like, you yeah. know what I mean? To just sort of being like, oh, my God, is there someone else? Yeah. Is the person who's skinning people telling Freebo this and that? And you sort of play with that. Right. And you get this, like, sort of, you know. I know how you've said in the in prior episodes that it's almost as if, like, the voiceover dumbs down the audience. I think this is the best example of that but i still don't i mean i get where you're coming from but i still don't totally agree it because i feel like there are so many moving parts in this series yes like when you look at other series yes there's you know what three main stars or five main characters whatever you know it's like in this series there's so many different moving parts that it's like almost like we need to be a little guided through because if you're not i mean and also look at what we're doing we're like analyzing it you know what i mean that if you're not maybe like you know i'm not bothered by it still i always hold the show up to the breaking bad standard Mm -hmm. and breaking bad has no breaking bad there was a lot of stuff they made you figure out yeah and what i guess what i'm saying and i'm with you there is a lot more going there's a lot more going on in this show, then there is Breaking Bad's pretty simple yeah. as a storyline, but it leaves you a lot to, you know what I'm right. saying? I, 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 but think of like how many, I guess there were a lot of characters in Breaking Bad, but like main characters. Well, that's, well, the thing is, they're all main characters in Breaking Bad. Dexter, there's one main character and everyone else whose plot almost doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, tell me something noticeable, whatever. Um, all the great shows. None of them have voiceover. Yeah. Dexter's sort of the only one that sort of sits there with voiceover. And yes, there's like other things they do. They do flashbacks. They do like parallel storylines, whatever. Anyway. I'm not gonna, yeah. yeah. Uh, the little tip that gets us somewhat back into the main storyline for this episode, we see that the blood spatter sort of points us right back into Fiona. Yeah. That she probably was the person who bashed her husband's skull in or fiance, sorry. Um so Fiona's being questioned, and again, sort of like Deb Quinn says, you know, the only tool Deb has is a hammer. Yeah. And that's all she knows, and all she knows is strike hard and whatever. Um, it's funny here how, like, Deb gets played, and Dex is going to use Fiona's lies to sort of, like, play Rita. Yeah. Almost. Like, you know, everyone's <clears throat> playing, you know. Um, Quinn sort of breaks it down to Deb, you know, why he did what he did. Right. Uh, do you think... Quinn is playing Deb because I'm going to set set up the whole thing before we come back to that. You know, then we see how you this this Yuki takes the case and is like, "This is what Quinn does." Yeah, he he makes you he leaves you the bait. He comes in, swoops in, he gets to solve, and he gets whatever bonus point for mm-hmm. his whatever. And sort of the idea of like Deb's getting played like this. Um, your thoughts on that kind of stuff? So. This might not be a good question for me because I don't even know if I fully understood what happened. So Quinn knew the whole time that Fiona could have possibly done it or he was thinking the whole time she did it. He had a hunch. Sure. Then like as a detective, as a police officer, as someone in the law enforcement field, how do you how do you keep that to yourself? I like picking from this show sometimes. 
this is one where, and, and the way you're bringing it up, I might need like some time in my own head to think about it, but it's sort of the same way like you know I'm eating the cookies and you're going to do a plant. You're going to do something to like like catch me eating the cookies. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like Maybe, I'm gonna like walk but this you. This isn't about cookies. No, 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 I, no, no. I know, but what I'm saying is, uh, um, the entire this woman thinks she has everyone fooled, so it's not like she's like on the run. I'm with you. Why do you? Why do you? You know. Um, is it this episode or maybe I'm thinking of a completely other show if you're going to play bad cop good cop at least fucking let me know no this this is this episode episode, yeah yeah so I'm with you there yeah Um, I just feel like it would be as if one of your coworkers was doing something incorrectly and you knew about it and you didn't say anything and I just feel like like that's just stupid but I do that sometimes if my coworkers think they're right so like oh this is how you lift that okay go ahead Oh, look at that. It's kind of like, I'm with you. I'm like with you yeah. and I'm playing devil's advocate yeah, because yeah. I see it both ways. Yeah. The difference here, this is someone's, a man's life yeah. who's already been taking. Right. So it's definitely different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And especially too, you know, you always kind of hear about like cops and like their partners and, they, and who they work with and how it's like this like crazy bond that yeah. they have. Like how is Deb supposed to work with Quinn? Well, and, and, and I guess I'll say, and I, I guess at this point I'm going completely against you. The way I, I see it from Quinn's point of view is I'm going to let you keep being the way you are towards her because when I come in, I'm going to be like melted butter. I agree, but that's shitty. It got to solve, like you know. <laughs> I guess, and I'm, I'm so with you. I'm I'm so with you. Like it's really shitty to do to yeah. Deb, and as a cop and as a partner, yeah. But like the end result, yeah. I and guess maybe they could, but I, but I guess, but also think of it like like partner. Think of it also as like in like a relationship standpoint. You sure. know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. Like they have a relationship together. Like imagine if yeah, I knew something and I kept it from you and I knew that you were like yeah, yeah. messing up and then I was like, huh, I knew that. You would be pissed. Yeah, you know? I am pissed. There, there you go. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. like it's not a romantic relationship, sure, but sure. it's for sure a yep. relationship. And that like how can you build a relationship with someone like that? Yep. Um on that same sort of note, uh to swing back to Miguel and Dexter. Um Dexter has everything set up right where he finally, he you know, because he comes into Miguel's office and he's like, listen, I think we should totally tell Ramon, uh-huh. you know, and knowing like, you know, knowing that, that those cards are ready to fall. Um, it's like, have you seen that meme? Uh, not that meme, but it, it's funny how the, 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 the memes totally appropriate like our age range where it's like. Uh, uh, oh my god I'm totally free on the 15th and you know that that person's busy on the 15th like, yeah like hey let, let's anything you want to do on the 15th I'm in yeah uh, you have you're going away that's oh like, come on that's like, like your favorite move yes it is <laughs> that's your favorite move anyone out there trying to make plans with Victor yeah no it's always always like oh come on dude that's the only out of town <laughs> <laughs> um even when even when Miguel and Dexter show up to because he calls Ramon and Ramon's like freaking out. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, okay. Dexter's like, let's 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 see what's going on over there. And he goes, damn well. Um when they show up, Dexter's like, he's like, Oh, look, you brought Dexter. And Dexter's like, Boys night out. Why in the world would he bring Dexter though? 
Well, he's with. But th- I think this is all part of Dexter's plan. No, I know. And he's I'm gonna sh- show up to Miguel's house, and he's like, "Let's call him right now." Like, call him right now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And knowing damn well, he's like, "Oh my god, Ramon seems out of hand." Yeah. I'm with you. Maybe Miguel should have been like, "Listen, I'll go do this one by myself." Yeah. But Miguel is dying for Dexter's trust. Right. So it's kind of like, no, no, you, buddy, you, buddy, you come with me. I'll, let me show you. Ramon is cool. Yeah. You know? Um. The way Ramon call. Do you know what Ramon calls Oscar this episode? No. What? Oscarito. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they should just be doing this episode. That's in really Spanish, funny. You know. Um. And then, like you know the way we kind of see Dexter, he does the bouncer move, where it's like, hey. That guy over there just touched the girl. Yeah. And you know what he comes in? The bouncer is going to come yeah. in all hot, you know. Um, back at that beach, I think it's later that morning. I guess. Right? Like I, a few hours later. They've got coffee, so. They got, yeah. right? Cafecito. Yeah. You gotta say it the right way. Oscarcitos. <laughs> Oscarcitos. <laughs> um, Dexter finally gets what he wants. And for Miguel to obviously see Ramon is unstable. Yeah. Um, and you know the way he says, you know, keeping that secret within their circle. Um, brother, you know, Miguel sort of comes to realization he's by himself, but he's not totally by himself because he has Dexter, you know, right. he sort of uses that thing. Um, a- anything on that before we get to the sort of end proposal sort of deal? Not really. I don't think so. Okay. Um, funny that Dexter gets his entire proposal from this Fiona woman. Yeah. You know, um, is that sweet or is it sick? Um, I don't know if it's either. <laughs> I would, I mean, how would you know, how would you feel if what I told you when I proposed to you, you actually found out was from like a woman who killed a guy or a woman that killed their love interest. But what did she say that Dexter copied? My days were like a string of long unanswered oh. nights and you know all this all this stuff yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know how to answer that okay um i think it's the only way dexter knows how to do this yeah because he imitates everything yeah you know? um dexter walks in and he's sort of all weird yeah um <laughs> i have in my notes here and i wonder I, I wonder uh i think colton told me the same thing when leading up to proposing to you i you know i was texting you know all of my friends knew and you know, hey, you nervous, whatever. And I was like, I always like, no, I never was nervous. Never. I've told you this already uh-huh. plenty of times where. And then when, when you walked in the door to our house, I just buckled. <laughs> Quiver. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I was literally quivering, yeah. you know. And it's, it's so, so strange how that happens. And it's so I funny. I knew you were going to say yes. It's so funny, though, because even like when we first started dating, I would jokingly, but I was like serious would say like I would get like nervous like to go on dates and stuff because like dating like dating is like just like a little like nervous yeah. and whatever and you would always be like why are you nervous like I'm not nervous like and you ne- like you never like even on our first date like you never seemed like nervous or yeah. like you like I I truly believe that like you could replicate our first date as a date that we would have sure, today sure. like you were like literally the exact same person that yeah. you are you know um so for me it was like especially funny <laughs> well not funny that's not the no. right word but like to see you that way you know but talking to my friends and when they proposed and I wonder if I hear it from other people and I'm, I I think Colton told me he got nervous it's just the idea of it. Yeah. And again, it's like, 
I'm I'm gonna speak for most men at least today in today's day and age with the idea of like you talk to everyone and you find out like you it's almost understood it's a formality almost you make it nice to propose and everything but most guys know you know know what that the woman is um gonna say yes right. Right. Maybe not expecting it. That's a different story. But right. it's gonna say yes. Right. You usually talk about it. Yeah. And, you know. Um. But yeah, almost all my friends say they were nervous. Yeah. You know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sweet of Dexter to make the proposal to the whole family. Yes. You know. You, I think like, that during the kids. Yeah, I think if you're dating someone with kids, not that that has to, not that you have to do that. Sure. But I think that it's kind of like the whole thing of like. Asking the parents, you know, permission type thing. I think that that kind of goes to the children also if there are children involved, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea of this episode almost being a play, you know, like he ends it. Um, if you play a role long enough, are you playing the role or, or is that your life? Yeah. You know? um, I thought it was really cute too. just um, going back to the kids that she said, yes, we will marry you. Sure. I thought that sure. was cute. You know, I think was the sweetest thing. Dexter probably has said to Rita. I don't want to miss another pizza night. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the that sweetest. That was the best like, thing. You know what I mean? You know why? Because was the proposal like the best proposal on TV? No. Like we, we after we got engaged, we kind of went on a like proposal spree. Of, oh, like, this is how you found out about this episode, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. like we went on a proposal spree. We watched like the Friends proposal, the, the, the office, office proposal. Like we watched all these proposals that were like so awesome and like so like TV show awesome, you know, like with, with yeah, yeah. you know, all done up. So it's like, was this show that? No. But was this show totally true to Dexter or was this proposal rather totally true to Dexter? And I was he actually being honest? I think yes, you know, and I think that's what made it so great and almost like so believable, you know, um, was that? Yeah, that it was just, you know, I never want to miss another pizza night again. And it's like something as simple as that, like, but just thinking that like, oh, my God, I never I could never imagine missing a pizza night like that, you know? Yeah, um, I think you said it the best way. Like, I don't think Dexter has it in him to do roses candles yeah. blah 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 although he did that thing with Lila last season but we'll put that away don't tell um, Rita <laughs> um, I think yes I think if Dexter's gonna be genuine this is how he's gonna do yeah. he's gonna come in he's gonna act weird yeah he, he's gonna like literally repeat what he's heard from someone yeah and his, his like uh, yes I think the best way kind of the way we picked up on everything is like yeah I, I think I honestly think at this moment it's like child Rita, Aster, Cody, never missing a pizza night. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. that's what he thinks. And yeah. it's like a, it's a, it's a simplified way of, right. you know, looking at family and life and everything. But. And, but it's like also at the end of the day, like, I feel like we could all relate to that. Oh, absolutely. Like, like yeah. that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I can never imagine missing another whatever. You Podcast. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? I think that that's, um, uh, my favorite thing too, is that just keeping it so true to Dexter I feel like after he does the proposal, his face is almost like, oh, my God, it worked. <laughs> like, you know, like totally keeping it like back to yeah. like the Dexter thing. Like, oh, wow, shit. like, wow, that worked, you know, of like the naive little kid. In yeah, him. yeah. Uh, for the first four episodes, we've got some huge series changing events. Yeah. Like they don't feel as big. But if you look at the scope of them. Yeah. Rita's pregnant. Life changing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, Rita's pregnant. Dexter kills someone he doesn't know. Dex is going to be a father, 
And he could be gets engaged. Yeah. That's huge for like, yeah. you know. Um, and he got a new best friend. <laughs> he's working on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that sort of closes out our episode for this week. Hopefully we made up for the horrible. Ooh, sorry about that episode. Yeah, yeah. Haunting um, as well as on Haunting Hill. That episode was haunting oh, my dreams. God. Sorry, guys. Just, 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 I know. I know. That just ruined this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, so we'll be back next week to discuss. Oh, you don't know what happens from here. I don't know what happens. Should we binge it? I we don't gotta know. We got to finish Haunting we the Hills. We have to have figure eyes. it out. We have to right. figure out our lives. <laughs> our yeah. lives. Um, we will be back next week. Episode 5 of Season 3. Kind of cool is turning Biminese. Oh, look at Ooh. that. Um, have ahead. a safe Halloween. Sure. Everyone. Sure. Eat a lot of candy. Yep. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.